Hi, welcome to Design with Purpose, a show created by designers for anyone seeking guidance in the complex world of design. Hosted by myself, Dina Duffick, and my co-host, Colton Bryant. The goal of our show is to explore the ins and outs of interior design through personal experience, credible research, and professional guests. Here you will learn about the current trends and history behind certain design styles, as well as the psychology of well-designed spaces. Thanks for listening to Design with Purpose. Be sure to add us to your library and follow us on Instagram at designwith.purpose. Zach Pelzel from Purified Home is joining us today, and we're so happy to have him. I cannot wait to share what the Purified Home does and how we have partnered with them to bring this into our business and to our clients. To give you guys a little bit of background about Zach, in 2008, Zach Pelzel set off on a 200-mile, 19-day trek in Sierra Nevada backcountry. Record-breaking snowfall and freezing weather made for a grueling trip, exacerbated by inadequate supplies and finding himself occasionally lost in the wilderness. Yikes. Rising despair would eventually give way to calm well-being by connecting with nature's cadence, the sunset, sunrise, the sleep-wake cycle, and drinking fresh mountain stream water, breathing tree-purified air, and grounded in the Earth's natural electrical energy. Pelzel's experience in the Sierra wilderness ultimately underscores the Purified Home's four-pillar philosophy, the harmonizing health benefits of clean air, fresh water, balancing light, and natural electrical environment. As founder and driving force behind this groundbreaking company, Pelzel is uniquely qualified to command the home purification process, leveraging extensive experience in the building industry, a career as a professional athlete, and five years of research and clinical practice towards a master's degree in acupuncture and oriental medicine. His fully integrated approach to home health is key for identifying issues that compromise our well-being and for aligning ancient holistic principles and modern science to offer healthy solutions. Zach says, the purified home is fueled by our passion for living a more healthful, happy life. His mission is to provide the best opportunity for the optimal health of his clients by bringing their living environments into harmony with nature. That is awesome. So that's more than a mouthful, and we're so happy to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about the purified home and what it means to you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Dina. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, love talking about something that I love and steered my heart and something that started out as just an idea and then evolved and birthed into really a pretty tremendous impact or having a pretty tremendous impact on people's lives. The whole idea is to restore people's ability to have faith in their body's ability to heal itself. And one caveat to that is, is not all disease and health issues are environmentally related. We know we deal with genes and we deal with physical trauma and things like that. But if it is an environmentally induced illness that we're dealing with, and it's the bulk of what we see out there, you know, my time as an acupuncturist, which is kind of what inspired this whole idea, is that people are adapting to their environment. And if that environment is not in line with nature, then they're always going to be sort of chasing these symptoms and they might not know where they come from. You know, you asked me kind of what it means to me. It's a, it's really more of a philosophy for life, you know, how to approach the day to day stress and anxieties and challenges that we deal with on a day to day basis as, you know, as human beings here on the planet. 
it's really meant to be empowering and inspiring. I know we do end up focusing a lot on what's wrong, mm-hmm. right, in the home. And really the the whole shift is to go, okay, my home's healthy. It's not environmental what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so it brings some of the attention that's going out in the world. It brings it back inside. And the more of that energy we recuperate inside, the more chance we have of our body healing itself. Yeah, I want to tell the listeners. So, Zach, the first time we met and we talked, we really just geeked out. I mean, most of my clients don't even know that for the past two years I've been dealing with severe mold toxicity. This happened. I sold my house, was living in a rental. The rental, I became really, really ill almost immediately moving in. It started with small things like back pain, joint pain. Then there was a rash. Then there was some GI issues. And I won't bore everybody with the long laundry list of what that looked like, but it ended up wreaking a lot of havoc on my body. I went to many doctors. After about six doctors, I finally found a really, really good functional doctor that's also an MD here in Orange County. The very first phone call I had with her, she said, it sounds like you have mold toxicity. We need to test you. So there are several ways that we tested for that, including blood and urine. And again, won't go down that rabbit hole, but it was very extensive, the testing. And this became something now two years into recovery from that or trying to heal from that, which has been really intense. A lot of detoxing. Of course, I had to move right away. The findings from the test results came back that it was indeed mold. It was mold in my house. The same mold that was in my bloodstream was in the house. My hunch is that the landlord there had a a water damage issue that was never properly mitigated. So the mold was in the HVAC system. It was under the floors, etc. I've, of course, have tried to educate myself as much as possible on mold toxicity because of that. I've now come to look at it as, okay, there's a blessing in this. You know, this is now something that I can educate clients on. I can try to bring this service to our clients and help them understand the importance of having a clean home, what clean water means, clean air means. When I met you, It was almost like I did. I felt like we geeked out so much. I was like, oh my God, I don't know anybody else I could have these conversations with and say, man, this is what happened to me. Here's how much. I just had a a conversation last night with somebody at the art festival, another artist that had mold toxicity. And he said, you know, once it's in your system, you have to be so cognizant of wherever you go because, I mean, now I'm like a little radar. Like I can walk into a home, go, definitely this house has to be treated because I'm so super sensitive, it's become a superpower. So when we talk about it, you know, to transform a house into a home requires a holistic approach, as you've talked about, and you and I both wholeheartedly agree with that. And essentially, a healthy home is an extension of its residents and should support and reinforce their very best potential. So when you're sick, that's what I was telling the other artists last night, you know, it's no joke when people say, you know, without your health, there's nothing. You know, you're not your optimum self. You're not performing at your best. Tell us about kind of your cornerstone philosophy and how you envision better living for all people. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing your story. It's uh, one that I've become really familiar with. Just heart goes out and compassion for the people that deal with mold toxicity and Lyme. That's another one we get a lot of. And it's insane how, how deep into the rabbit hole of distress that these people end up and with no hope on the other side of it. I can't say it's a panacea every time we come in and everything gets fixed back to the cornerstone philosophy of it is if the body is in a environment 
that is conducive with optimal health, i.e. a natural environment, then the chances of it healing itself increase exponentially. So like you said, you got out of the house. First thing foremost, eliminate the toxin. I know. I even asked my doctor. I feel ridiculous in hindsight now that I know more about it. I was like, well, can I just stay till the end of the lease? She's like, "Uh, no, you should have been out the (laughs) first phone call that we had because you're not going to get well living in an unhealthy environment. Just put two and two together. Yeah, absolutely. So that, you know, I mean, it's, there's a reason we go to vacation and beach climates and put our feet on the sand and, you know, walk on the ocean. We all feel better, you know? So same concept is, you know, get out of the toxic environment as quick as you can. So from a philosophy standpoint, there's, as a designer, you know, this better than anyone, there's a million things you can do to the house. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to go back to my experience out in the wilderness to really hone in the concept or the philosophy behind the purified home. And if there's a million things that we can do, mold being one of them, which ones are going to have the biggest impact on the human being? And that's where we came up with the four pillars or I came up with the four pillars and it was like, well, what's more important than the air you breathe, right? If you don't breathe for, you know, a couple minutes, you're, you're gone. Right. And then secondly, water, how long can you live without water? You know, the light part of it, which is the third pillar. I, you know, if the sun didn't show up one day, we'd all be toast. It could be cold and, you know, there would be no more oxygen through photosynthesis. So that was like, okay, those three are no brainers. And then really the Pandora's box, probably the biggest one. And this is, I say, I have a lot of passion for this one because it's one of the kind of biggest science experiments that we're ever been exposed to is our exposure to these unnatural electrical environments that we live in now. And that's, you know, all your Wi-Fi, wireless, Bluetooth. It's a class 2B carcinogen. It has been for a long time not to digress too much, but it's really the, we don't know, you know, it's like, uh, we think we know, but we don't, the safety standards haven't been updated since 1996. I didn't have a cell phone in 96. So we're looking at 26 years of exposure, just going up and up and up power densities that we're exposed to. That's startling. It really is. And so, you know, we go, well, and my philosophy, nobody can really argue with this, is my philosophy is not that, you know, Wi-Fi, wireless, and Bluetooth is going to ruin our lives, but it's not natural. It is not a natural frequency that we're exposed to on the regular. And so our bodies are going to adapt, but what are those adaptations? So this ties back into the philosophy is like, let's get it as close to that idealistic beach environment when we're on vacation and we feel good as we possibly can in our own homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the gist of it again is the is getting those four things dialed in the air, the water, the light, and the electrical environment. The electrical environment's interesting to me. Can you share the story that you've shared with me before you had a client in LA, had a son, it was waking up in the middle of the night. I think you said he was feeling nauseous. Oh yeah. It was a A A-list actor, Sherry's crush. (laughs) Yeah. I went out to their house and they had a kid. He was about four years old and just could not sleep, you know, and, you know, at four years old, you're not supposed you, know, you sleep like, a, you know, like a rock. They had been through all the MDs, medical professionals. I mean, and their resources are unlimited what they could spend on this. And the kids on pharmaceuticals, they're just doing everything they possibly can to get, figure out what's wrong with them. And they've got nothing, you know, they're like, Hey, nothing's improving. So I went out and everything I do is I always joke that I took the woo woo out of it. Right. You know, there are subtle energies and stuff that we deal with, but I wanted to be able to, when I kind of created this is to be able to measure and show results before and after. 
And so one of the meters that we use is a Gauss meter and it measures magnetic fields. You know, a lot of people are familiar with living under power lines, that being an issue. And there's a direct correlation between leukemia and exposure to the magnetic fields by living under power lines. We can also get those inside our homes from household wiring. If we have wiring errors, you don't see it. It's invisible. I always joke with people. It's like somebody's tapping you on the shoulder all night long and you're trying <laughs> yeah. to sleep and you're like, you know, hey, you know, and you start to react. But yeah. And after about 15 minutes of walking through the house with that meter, I got to the kid's bedroom, put the meter on his bed and we were at like nine milligauss and the building biology standards that we go by, which is kind of a, it's a branch of science that birthed out of the, out of Germany back in the sixties. And it's come to the United States and become more mainstream here. So they set these standards like, uh, and what, and it's based on nature really. And so if we take that same meter out in nature, we're at like 0.1 milligauss. So we're, you know, significantly higher right at the head of his bed. And there was a wiring error in that wall. They had a handyman come out and rewire a three-way switch and not to get too technical, but they shared a neutral with another circuit. And then all of a sudden, boom, you created this huge magnetic field right at the kid's bed. So luckily the electrician was close by that knows how to do this. And, you know, you can't really hire a normal electrician to do that. They're like, you know, what are you talking about? The light goes on, it works. So long story short, he came out and fixed it. And, you know, within a day they're like, oh, he's sleeping better. Wow. Yeah, that's, you know, there's lots of stories Yeah, I was like going to so. say that that's one story out of many that you and I have talked about. And I can imagine that, you know, we haven't known each other that long. Same with the mold toxicity. You know, I was so sick for so long without knowing why I was sick. And it makes my heart break for all of the people around the country that are dealing with some illness or ailment that they can't identify what it is, but it's caused from some type of environmental trigger. And mold is just that for me what I've learned is, you know, mold works as a trigger. So if there's any other kind of pre-arthritic conditions or any, you know, it was going straight to my joints and straight to like an old sports injury that I had and just a number, a litany of other things, but it really was a wake up call for me to go, okay, I'm taking this seriously because I don't want it to work as a trigger and lead to something else, which it can. It leads to things. You mentioned leukemia, it leads to cancer, it leads to Lyme disease. And the same conversation I had with the fellow artist last night was talking about a neighborhood here in Orange County that had 35 cases of leukemia in one neighborhood because of the... the electrical environment, a lot of times yeah, it can yeah, be. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. By the way, on that, they filed a lawsuit and won, so they had to come and fix all of the electrical, whatever those machines, you know, the whatever they're called. Yeah. And then they did it for half the neighborhood, but they didn't do the other half of the neighborhood. So that's insane. Yeah. yeah. No, it happens all the time and nobody knows cause it's invisible, right? There's a uh, cancer clusters. We do end up doing a lot of work in certain areas like that, you know, along the 110, the port long beach, you know, there's oh, so yeah. many semis coming back and forth through there that there's just pockets of, and that would be more air quality based. Mm -hmm. Right. And you get obviously electrical is another one. Right. And you know, we, was it the, uh, was it the Pelican brief that Julia Roberts did mm -hmm. on the Flint, the water and, Flint, Michigan. Was Aaron there. Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich, yeah. And so we're seeing little pieces come together of the environmental exposure, right? We have forever chemicals in the water now, which are, is kind of a buzzword. Everyone's calling about water filtration and they're like, does it get out PFAS and PFAS? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it does. A good carbon filter will remove some of these things. And Do carbon filters remove all of it though? No. 
No, no. The whole water conversations that, you know, that's a, we could have it's a separate a podcast. On yeah. That. yeah. Well, yeah. We, we probably will. Cause this is really important to me and yeah. I want to keep having these dialogues to make sure that our listeners and our clients, you know, that we're serve, offering a, a service to get all the information that they need. So it, yeah, it's 90% of what I do is educate. Mm-hmm. And then I let people kind of make their own decision based upon, you know, Hey, here's what I've figured out. I don't know everything, but I've done a fair amount of research and mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to nature. So on the, the water concept, you know, above 10,000 feet in the Sierra Nevadas, there's not a lot of animals. So you can actually just drink water right out of the streams. And the water is like teeming with life. Like you want to splash it on your face and drink it. And I'm like, wow, it just tastes so good. It's loaded with minerals, right? There's probably some bad stuff in there too, but there's more good stuff. And I'm taking the more good stuff. And it cancels it out. <laughs> cancels it out. Or I just let my body, you know, somebody joked once like, hey, keep the body guessing. You know, I think some exposure is important. I'm always reminded of a Tony Robbins seminar I went to and he interviewed this lady and their kid was 40 years old, never been sick day in his life. And they were like, well, what did you do? And she's like, I don't don't know. You know, we ate healthy and stuff and lived a normal life. She goes, well, there's one thing that he did when he was a kid. He used to crawl up on the kitchen counter and put the dish sponge in his mouth (laughs) and he would chew on it. Right. And so we're like (laughs) disgusting, but like, you know, the amount of microbes that he was exposed to at such a young age just made his whole immunity immune system was through the roof. So anything he got exposed to, he was, you know, which kind of goes back to the mold story or conversation because I have husband and wife living in the same house. Right. One of them's totally fine. And the other one is going down. Yep. And it just, somebody, people are better at processing that than others. And like you said, it always ends up, and this is big with the electrical exposure is it always goes to the weakest part of your body. Yep. So if you have a tendency towards anything, you know, shoulder pain and you get exposed, especially with the electrical stuff, people go, well, what is the exposure to Wi-Fi do to you? I'm like, well, there's about five distinct biological interferences that have been related to radio frequency exposure. Everyone might be different, though, yeah. in how it affects them. And, then, you know, it's not like cigarette smoke where we're like, oh, lung cancer, mm-hmm. A plus B equals C. You know, it's like we just don't know. Yeah, that's one of the things I learned in reading more and more about mold toxicity and then also just creating a purified home. And as you know, building my own home now Mm -hmm. and definitely hiring you as a consultant to help us through that process. But one of the things I learned is, you know, it doesn't affect everyone. We're all so different and we're all biologically made up so differently that, and a lot of it depends on your viral load. And, you know, we all have bacteria and we all have viruses that live in us and around us. And it's just a matter of kind of where you are on the chart as to what's going to affect you. And all four of us in this room right now could be living in the same spot and it only affect one of us. Yep. And that, again, we go back to cornerstone philosophy is like, if let's say we implement these four pillars and you have natural light and you have, we're capable of getting the air quality. Our goal is 90% better than outside. So you go home, you flip on your HVAC system and you have an air purifier cleaning the air entire, entire house. Well, if you are exposed to 90% fewer particulates, mold, dander, dust, any type of allergens in the short term, well, you might not be symptomatic. Great. In the long term, you have this much less exposure over the long term. Well, what's that going to do for your life from an immune perspective? Right, exactly. You know, exposure and same thing with water, right? Are we going to get them all out? No, but we're going to get the chlorine and the ammonia out, which dries out your skin and hair and, you know, disturbs your gut bacteria. So we're going to try and knock out as many as we possibly can 
so that again, the body can go, all right, rest and digest, mm-hmm. you know, rather than the fight or flight response that most of us are living in exactly. and not even knowing it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. This mold really affected my central nervous system a lot. Yeah. And neurologically, like there was a lot brain fog and some other things, but because it affected my central nervous system so much, I started uh, really having adrenal fatigue and staying in that fight or flight mode not even realizing it. I've always been a person that really managed stress well. Yeah. And it was like, why do I always feel like I'm boiling over? Yeah. And it it really has taken mentally, emotionally, physically, it's taken a toll. Sure. And it's taken me a lot of educating and education to try to get my body back to some semblance of health. Yeah. It's a long journey, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. So... Like you said, you try to take the woo-woo out of it mm-hmm. and keep the science in it so people understand. How have you grown the purified home business from just an idea to the business that you have now? And where do you see it going in the future? You know, I love that question because it's, you know, when I started it out, it was like a billion dollar idea. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to the top, you know, and then uh, what do they say? There's a fun cliche about it. It takes you 10 years to become an overnight success, right? I'm like, (laughs) here I'm grinding it out after six years and all of a sudden it just like clicked and there was enough of a critical mass where, you know, one of my colleagues from Chinese medicine school's dad was a, you know, acupuncturist and functional medicine doc to the stars and they're in LA and he's like believed in the concept and just started referring me to three or four people. And, you know, we'd start implementing more. It, it was kind of piecemeal before that one person would call for air. One person would be like, yeah, I just want to do the water. And I'm like, nah, you really need to grab the whole concept. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, I will piecemeal it at times if people are just like, I just need to take care of this. But to have the impact that I see as most pertinent is to do everything is to really like grab it. Cause once you get the concept and it's, you have it for life. And it's like, okay, I'm in control of my health and my environment. So I've maxed out where I'm at. I'm usually booked up about two months, you know, a month to two months in advance. You know, where I see it going, I'm at capacity as a one-man show. I've got a couple guys that help me out as needed, but I'd really like to grow it in a couple different ways. One is first and foremost is growing it on the digital platform. You know, where it's a a digital intake that anybody can kind of download and go through their home and do an assessment, a modified version of the assessments that I do and go, oh, yeah, that's okay. Now I know my house better and how my environment affects me and what I'm being exposed to. And then offer strategies for improvement based upon that. Because after doing it for so long, it's kind of predictable what we find. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you know, in building, it's like, you know, there's four walls, there's lights and, you know, what we bring into the home, it's all there. And then I've gotten a lot more into the consulting side of things in the last four years where people that are building new homes go, hey, we want to build healthy. How do we do it? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you and I come in. And it's every single building material that goes into the home from the foundation to the insulation to the window coverings all gets vetted. Yeah, that's the one thing that I was really happy to start talking. We we met on a job site one day and Zach and I were talking about different materials and toxicity levels. And he mentioned, give him some examples of like, say, insulation, for example. Yeah, formaldehyde is a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Urea formaldehyde versus phenol formaldehyde. There's two different types of formaldehyde. I never knew this. I'm like, well, it's formaldehyde. Well, urea formaldehyde is actually, not to be crude, but cow piss mixed with the preservative <laughs> formaldehyde. 
And then there's phenol formaldehyde, which is actually a better version. So they even have better like a version of calpis. Yeah. Well, the urea is where the, yeah, the formaldehyde itself, <laughs> it's you know, if you leave a piece of fruit on a countertop, there's going to be formaldehyde coming out of it. Right. And so I'm like, you know, we're mm. not going to stop eating fruit. Right. But the whole idea is that formaldehyde's a big one. Flame retardants in basically everything that is that has to have some type of flame resistance to mm -hmm. it. So foam couches, sofas, all mm -hmm. those coatings that are on there. It's you know it's got to have a burn rating on it, right? Yeah. To minimize flooring materials we talk about. Yeah, flooring materials in the flooring. You get the glues between the engineered hardwoods that we have to look at a lot of. You know, a lot of engineered hardwoods have a really nice wear layer, right? A European oak or something, mm -hmm. but underneath it is like plywood or birch or some different quality woods. Well, they got to glue all those layers together. Probably the biggest offender that we see are the blackout curtains, mm. you know, those are bad. Yeah. Great for sleep, but yeah. just terrible from a chemical exposure perspective. So, you know, you start vetting, like, how do you do healthy blackout curtains? Like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> how, how do you do it? And, you know, we found a company called Earth Shades that has kind of figured it out. They've figured out how to do it non-toxically. Shade store, right? I've done quite a few homes and, you know, they come back with a $50,000 window covering bid. Yeah. Right, which <laughs> I'm going to have to say sun tamers since you're bringing up all these competitors for oh, the okay. guys that we work with. Oh, right. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No, no uh, we're going to introduce you. Yeah. We're going to introduce you to Frank so he can get some quality product over there. Yeah. No, that'd be great. It's, uh, you know, every time I, you know, as you well know, there's so many building materials to choose from. You know, we met on site of a $60 million property to talk about it. It becomes a question of how far do you want to go? And to your point, what we have done is we're going to provide the information for you mm -hmm. and then let the client determine, do they want non-toxic floors? Do we want to talk about the drywall, the insulation? Where does it stop? Right. You know, and some people want to go the distance. I want to go the distance on my new house, but that's because I've been sick because of this. Sure. I don't ever want that to happen again. And I want to try to maintain some sense of healthy longevity as I age. That's important. Right. But each client's different. And it's a, back to the original question of, you know, how have you been able to grow the business? You know, because some people do look at some of the things that we're talking about, especially when it comes to the EMF, that it is a little bit woo-woo. And I think more and more people are getting on board and starting to see and there's more and more people have had health issues, but how do you balance that with yeah, it's the kind science of, versus the woo? -woo I sure. Guess. No, it's sort of the burden of being aware. And I how was, far do people want to go? Absolutely. And everybody's different. So you try, I always try and meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, usually after about five or 10 minutes after talking to them, I can go, okay, well this, this person is very science-based and they believe what they're going to believe. I don't want to be violent and try and change their beliefs or talk them into anything. Either they get it or they don't, or they get parts of it and they don't. And we just focus on that because anything is obviously better than doing nothing. The EMF side of things is 10 years ago, it was completely woo-woo. And I'm telling you now, it's like, you know, I get somebody calls me every day and goes, hey, do you have one of those cell phone shielding case, you know, a referral? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, here you go, Right. Or you get people that are doing the chips, pendants, and harmonizers, which, you know, hey, put this chip on the back of your phone and, you know, you'll be fine. It, it's kind of BS, but I shouldn't say that. It's not BS. It just doesn't change my meters. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? I can't measure the effect that that's having from a, and everything else I can. If I walk in and I put the meter on your wireless router at home, I can go, okay, you got 75,000 microwatts and the building biology standards is 10 microwatts turn it off at night. 
It's that simple, right? Do you need Wi-Fi at night? You don't. There's a lot of little small things in that that you can do tonight. I try and make it as anecdotal, but also as experiential as possible. So I go, well, okay, so you, you know, you're struggling with the electrical side of things. Have you paid attention to what your body does when the power goes out? And I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that you will like power goes out. You'll probably check in and go that weird guy, you know, from the podcast is like, (laughs) but I I feel all calm and neutral right now. My whole nervous system just goes totally like, I don't even know I'm adapting to it or like vibrating here. You know, and I say that word vibration is, it's it's very woo woo, but electricity goes through the walls at 60 cycles per second. So there is a vibration to it, right? It's on, off, on, off, on, off. I mean, there's nothing more scientific than that. You know, it's a waveform, right? Mm -hmm. It's invisible. So we call it woo woo, right? But so is emotion, (laughs) right? And we know those exist, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Just watch your two-year-old. And God and the universe. Yeah, exactly. So the balance of it really is to go as scientific as we possibly can. And I've I've done so many homes now where like I'll do everything on the, physical scientific level and they won't get better. And I'm going, okay, well then what else, what are we, what else are we dealing with here? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not environmental then it could be psychological. It could be energetic. It could be subtle energy. It can be, you know, an exposure that we didn't test for that we can't possibly get. I mean, mold alone is a billion dollar industry. Now it's just, you know, with remediation and testing and industrial hygienists and it's such a buzzword and so many people are exposed to it. Like, yeah, I get people that just want to deal with mold. And I'm like, ah, that's not really my thing. You right. know, you know, call a specialist for that. Uh, even though we do do mold testing, VOC testing, and we're set up for all that. Well, what I appreciated when we had a conversation about the mold, you're like, you know, you don't have to pay through the nose for some of this mold testing. You can get inexpensive mold tests. And I appreciated your, you know, being candid and honest and because you're right, it is a multi-billion dollar industry. And then most people don't know what to believe because it's like, and it's hard to believe that something like that could make you so sick. You know, I walked into a house one time, just quick story. And my throat started closing up. I was like, well, there's something in here, you know? And I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I had my colleague who wasn't reacting, run the test. And it came back just loaded with stachybotrys and aspergillus penicillium, which two of the toxic molds, right? right. On building materials. Like you said, I've had clients too that they're actually more sensitive than the tests that we run. Mm. Like I would rather send you, not yeah, you know, to, you to sacrifice you. Like she'll know, you know, yeah, she could go. Mold. Like it's underneath that piece of wood right there. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're that sensitive to it. So it's definitely heightened my spidey senses for sure. We are so grateful to have developed this partnership with you, and more so grateful that we're able to provide this service now to our clients. You and I have talked about that I want to have a direct connection. I want to connect our websites and all of that. I know that you work with a multitude of celebrities and high-end residential clients, but is your service and this service that we're talking about, I just talked about accessibility with regard to you being honest about pricing, what you do accessible to anyone and everyone. And are there other guys like you in other parts of the country? Yeah, I haven't found anybody that has like duplicated kind of what I, you know, my philosophy is a little bit different than the building biologist. There's a building standard now, you know, lead certification, right? It was mm-hmm. all about energy efficiency and, and green building, which there is so much greenwashing out there. Once right. you start getting into the, you know, the products, it's like, oh, it's green, non-toxic. And, you know, um, you know, then we vet it and it's like, do not use that. Bad news. But there's a well building standard now. I think their company just got valued at like $850 million, right? And they started, they conceptually started in 96, but they 
they've been dabbling in the residential. They focus a lot more on commercial, but that well building standard is kind of the, you know, it's the equivalent of the green standard, but for healthy building, Mm -hmm. they've got some good stuff in there. You know, they missed the EMF side. They neglected that completely. So it is accessible to everyone in that everyone can benefit from a conversation, a 30 minute, you know, I do like a free 15 to 30 minute conversation and go, Hey, listen, our evaluations are 750 bucks and we'll do all the air quality, water quality testing and the EMF testing as part of that, write you up a little report and then you can take it and run with it. Some of the stuff, if you're DIYer, you can certainly do a lot of the stuff yourself. Getting a kill switch for your router. Yeah, at night. Is a no-brainer. That's like, you know, or just go over and unplug it. Right. And see if you sleep better, a little bit deeper, maybe dream a little more. Definitely shut your phone off at night. You know, I've walked into homes and I'm like, I'm not sleeping well. I'm like, well. My phone's on my pillow. Alexa, you know, there's, you know, 15 things plugged in and around the bed. Those all kind of influence electrical environments. So there's a, and, you know, going back to that sort of digital intake on a more mass scale, that's really what I'm trying to do is to be able to help that person that, you know, may not have 15 to $20,000 to fix their air right. quality and do a whole house water filter, but you can certainly get a good under counter filter and, you know, upgrade your filter and your HVAC and, and just have more awareness of what's going on in your home at, you know, minimal expense. Well, along those lines, tell us, there's basically four notations on your website regarding the snapshot, the wellness intake, the purified plan, and then certified pure. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like when you go into someone's home? Say you are going to do that $750. Yeah. So the snapshot is basically just go in and collect information, Mm -hmm. right? We fire up all the meters and walk room to room and we're just hunting, you know, looking for anything, you know, that is out of the ordinary or see the meter spike. And it makes it actually very technical and kind of very straightforward. We walk in, we get the numbers, here's where they're at. Here's what the building biology wants us at. Do you want us to fix it? Yes or no. The wellness intake is really has to do with the client themselves, right? So if you have mold toxicity, what kind of symptoms are you experiencing? And the cool part about that, and this is where I'm, our Purified Home is a little bit unique, is the six years in Chinese medicine school where you know I had to do 500 intakes with patients and treat 500 people before we could graduate. The 10 questions is what it really is, is, you know, how was your sleep, you know, uh, elimination, diet, energy levels and all that stuff. And what I've found is that there's this really cool overlap between if somebody says, Hey, I'm just not sleeping well. Then I go, Oh, there's a, you probably have something electrically going on in the room that's preventing you from get to that deeper sleep. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you know, again, not a panacea, but it's, it gives us clues as to what they're experiencing symptomology wise. Then again, the plan, Hey, here's what, uh, based upon your budget, mm-hmm. what your beliefs are, You've got the education now. How far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Right. You know, it's always different. And then kind of certified pure, it's it's really difficult to achieve that standard because we're getting in the no anomaly range on all the building biology standards. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, somebody could do all the air quality stuff, all the water quality stuff, have great natural light and be like, yeah, I don't believe in the EMF stuff. So we're going to leave that and, you know. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. And then they have brain cancer just six months later. Right. Yeah. Tumor or, you know, whatever is kind of associated with that exposure at that time. So, yeah, that's the, you know, obviously the general map and the ideal. It deviates, right? People are like, I don't don't want the education. Just fix my house. Okay. (laughs) You know, or you end up talking them into it or, you know, having to educate them more and more so they can make a more informed decision, not necessarily talking them into it. But, right. Wanting them to see the light. Yeah. And that's where you, know, <laughs> you get too aggressive and it's like you're, you know, 
hey, just back off. And that was kind of the growing pains of the early years, right? You just go in and you tell somebody everything that's wrong with their house. Yeah. And then you walk out and you're like, I don't know how to fix any of it, but, uh, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> then we learned how to fix it. And I'm like, okay, well, let's leave them empowered and, you know, in a good place. So, well, that must keep you up at night, you know, like what would you consider your biggest challenge with this business and what does keep you up at night? Cause you are very informed, you know, a lot about this and, you know, like I said, we geeked out when we first met talking about it. I was so happy to have someone I could talk to about this stuff. Yeah. The more you know, the more it is a little bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. It can become the, the burden again of, of being aware, mm-hmm. you know, and for me personally, my, my spiritual life has kept me on the right path in that mm-hmm. regard. Like mm-hmm. I don't sit in fear or paranoia or it's all, you know, we're all going to die. You know, that kind of despondent despairs where we end up, you know, if, if people get too informed too fast, they can't contain it. And then hands up in the air. So that is a challenge or one of the couple that I'm struggling with right now is, uh, you know, people are convinced that it's environmental, but everything's testing clean. Mm-hmm. So do I keep testing and keep spending money on different types of tests or, or is it a combination is that I, what I'd really like is for them to go, okay, the home's clean. Now I've got to do my internal work or I got to work with functional medicine doc, get supplements, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Right? Whatever that looks like. Exactly. That's challenging. And that does keep me up at night because, you know, you get the phone call. I don't feel good in my house. Well, you know, it's, everything's testing fine. So that's, I've done what I, and I always tell people, we treat the home. We don't treat the person, right? The person, if they're feeling better, that's great. If they're not, that's okay too, because their exposure is reduced dramatically. Right. So eventually, you know, with patience and time and doing the internal work that goes along with it, most of the time people end up heading in the right direction. No, that's one of the things I really admired about you when we first met is how evolved you are and self-aware you are. Spiritually, well, mentally, <laughs> emotionally. It was a welcome conversation the first time we met. And I feel like we joke in our business and say, you know, and I've said this on other podcasts, but we double as marriage and family therapist, as I'm <laughs> sure you do too, because and more so probably a doctor. I mean, you're you're treating the home, but then they're looking to you for all the answers of why they don't feel well. And if you can't identify it in the home or as an environmental source, I can only imagine how frustrating that is for you and and certainly for the client. Sure. Yeah. That's the beginning of a lot of the conversations are, you know, managing expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, once we do that properly at the beginning and show them that, Hey, here's, this is what you're paying for. And this is the meters are all reading better. Mm-hmm. And you can see that then you just check it off the list, right? If there's other things that they need to do health wise, then, you know, obviously they needed to do that because we're so distracted, right? We have, you know, we check on our phones 400 times a day and I'm guilty of it too. Even knowing all this stuff, I'm still attached to these things. And the bottom line is if we can stop going out with all that energy and bring some of it back in, mm-hmm. then and our energies in our body. Cause when our body has symptoms, it's our attention is more in the body, right? My shoulder hurts. My attention is now on my shoulder. You got it's not that on, right. I'm telling right? you, yeah. somebody that's been dealing with it. Yeah. And it, once you bring enough of it back, then the body again can heal itself. And right. so that, that peace of mind is really what I'm trying to sell. If you can sell that. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. If you, or if you can bottle that up, if, cause that's the goal. I want some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my house next. As soon as we get just a little bit further, we're just breaking ground. So we're getting, getting closer. So where are you heading next? Where do you see the next chapter for you and Purified Home? Yeah, I'm looking at a franchise model. Okay. That 
combined with the digital platform. Might need to hire you for some of that work. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the franchise model seems to make a lot of sense just because I don't want to manage a lot of people. Right. You know, I want people to be self-supported and if they can take it, you know, hey, you have this region of Austin, Texas, take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. We'll support you however we can. So we kind of get into a little bit more manufacturing of our own products too. Mm-hmm. You know, I've vetted all the water filtration companies on the market and, you know, same thing with air filtration. So you know, having our own little product would be a nice little niche too. Mm-hmm. But that's how I see it scaling. I'm, I'm still crawling around in attics and crawl spaces and, you know, getting dirty and just continuing to learn after 10 years. You know, those days are numbered. Yeah. It was 140 degrees in the attic we were in the other day and just like wow. sauna dripping sweat. I'm like, okay, it's time, you know? Yeah. So yeah. no, it's interesting. Cause that's kind of, I was having a conversation this morning about design with purpose and our platform here and the nonprofit something similar, you know, what does this look like? You're like, I am very altruistic at heart and want to help as many people as you can. And you're like, oh yeah, secondarily, we want to try to run a business. But the biggest way to reach more people and more kids for us is if I embrace different designers across the country and kind of build these troops to teach them how to do create well spaces in the schools, like what we're doing here in Orange County. So if I can engage more people, which is kind of like similar to a franchise model, same with the product, talking about something similar. So I love to hear that. Yeah. We'll have to talk after the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. So how can people connect with you? We'll certainly have information in the show notes and then on our website, like I said, we're going to connect your site with our site and kind of grow our partnership in that way. But how can people connect with you? Yeah, certainly the website's loaded with verbose information, but very informative. Um, that's a great place. That's just the purifiedhome.com. And then call me. Uh, all the requests that I get on the internet, I could sit there and type email after email. And it's, I'm like, the conversation is so much better, kind of an exploratory conversation. And, you know, I can get a lot more in that conversation. So, you know, there's an 800 number on the website, call direct, leave me a message. I'll call you back and we can set that up. Done homes in 15 states. So we do travel. I'm actually heading to Sandpoint, Idaho after this podcast to go finish up a home up there. And so don't let geography stop you. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm actually doing a home in Stockton on the way up there. Great. Doing evaluation. And so with all the docs that are kind of referring me now, it's comes from a bunch of different places. So, and then we just had a really cool write up in men's health guy with Lyme disease. You guys seen that website, awkward family photos. Have you seen it? Yeah. So he's the co-founder of that website and he has Lyme. Mike Bender and we just did his whole house and he's good friends at men's house. So they did a full write up on him, but uh, implemented, he went almost all the way with everything. Yeah. You know, building materials and stuff. It was, it's been a pretty good success story still. That's great. Yeah. I'd like to go all the way with everything in my house. You can, I think people are getting smarter and smarter now. So it's not the budgetary nightmare that it was seven or eight years ago. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm really hoping. Yeah, especially with construction costs as high as they are now. It's exactly. Like, you know, let's keep it to the minimal. But there's a. I'm in Laguna Beach. So by the time we get to that portion of my house through permitting and all of that, hopefully construction costs will be down. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. You got six months probably before we break ground, right? Well, we just broke ground, like I said, but there's always surprises in Laguna that you're never yeah. fully equipped to deal with. So just a couple of fun questions okay. for the road. Yep. We mentioned in your bio that you were a professional, were a professional athlete. Tell us what kind of athlete you were and what you did. Played professional volleyball in the south of Spain. 
for three years. It was one of my biggest achievements. I was kind of floundering around here in Orange County, figuring out what to do with my life. And I always had the, you know, luckily athletics to back up on. Yeah, really kind of random. My dad paid for a ticket to Barcelona and I had a friend, the Walkholders, Laguna family, Rachel Walkholder, playing down in the south of Spain. And I called her, I was like, hey, I'm looking for a team. She's like, well, our setter's boyfriend has a team in Cartagena, which is the name of the city there. Went down there, tried out, and then they hired me right there on the spot. And then I was there for three years. So That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. And just seeing a different culture and stuff. I'm a very average volleyball player, but I have been playing three to four days a week right now. So I'm getting much better. Nice. And I mean, you know, for middle-aged person at their local rec league, that's pretty good. Yeah. Are you playing indoor or beach? <laughs> no, beach. Beach. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of work. I don't play that much anymore for that very reason. It's so hard on the body. And I'm just so grateful to be able to physically work out again yeah. after being so sick for so long and being outside. It's so amazing. Yeah. Okay. What book are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Padamalai. Whoa. Yeah. Padamalai is a, a question answer book written with the great Indian sage Ramana Maharishi. Bhagavan. He's the top of that kind of world of self-realization and enlightenment. Mm-hmm. That's what I read for deep pondering, you know, huh, what are we doing here? Languages of love. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's that, good. That's a good one. What's your love that? language? They've kind of shifted, but my primary love language is probably a quality time. Yeah. That's my yeah. physical touch and quality time. Yeah. They kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Those are good ones. Have you read the book? I have not. I've read The Art of Happiness, though. I don't know if you've ever read that. I did. Who wrote that one? It was a psychologist and then the Dalai Lama. So the psychologist interviewed the Dalai Lama okay. and then went and kind of did his like psychological evaluation of the Dalai Lama's practices and beliefs. Perfect. Yeah, that was a great one. It changed my life in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff. It's all good. What are you listening to right now? Good question. Good Podcast, question. Podcast, music, what's, if we definitely, got in your car, what's happening? Definitely music. I actually have it on Bob Marley station right now, mm. believe it or not. Nice. It's kind of relaxing. Right, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been listening to a lot of, obviously, Jack Johnson, like Donovan Frankenreiter, kind of that just chill acoustic vibe yeah. stuff. Yeah. And if I go to Sherry's, we end up in the glamour rock, you know, hair bands from the 80s okay. all the time. So okay. a lot of Dave the Matthews and st- White Snake. <laughs> yep. Def Leppard. Yeah. Def yeah. Leppard. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing now for fun? I know you're not on the volleyball court anymore. Yeah. Obsessed with pickleball, like half yes, the country. The whole right? country. What's going yeah. on? It's all the rage. It's such a fun game. It, it's fast paced. High intensity. High mm-hmm. intensity, quick. Like Sherry and I play sh- singles all the time and like, dripping sweat. We played last night and I'm like, after yes. two hours, I'm like this. And it's I've a heard song. there's all kinds of attitude on the pickleball courts. Oh, yeah. Like I, people throwing down. Yeah. It's couples therapy too. So if you play co-ed. There's, yes. You know, Take it out on the you ball. You keep mentioning each other. Sherry, by the way. I should yeah. tell everyone Sherry oh, sorry, is yeah. his <laughs> partner, but also my Pilates instructor and a longtime friend. She owns the Pilates studio here in Laguna Beach for anybody that wants to stop by. Focus. Yeah. Plug in Sherry. Wow. I know, right? What a friend. <laughs> She's going to owe us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Pickleball and uh, a little body surfing down at Crescent. Nice. Yeah. Getting in the water a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Camping. Yeah. Just got back from uh, summiting Mount Whitney. Does Sherry go with you? No, she doesn't do the backpacking thing. Yeah. Yeah. We did four days. That uh, was fun. Came up the backside and then down. That's Sierra's again. Wow. Yeah. Grueling. Brutal. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Like you ever I, done Mount Lassen? No. Uh, where is that? That's out there. That's in Northern the, California. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's probably like two hours away from Whitney, but I've done it once. Is it in the Ansel Adams or near Wilderness? Where you go up to 395? Yeah, you take the 295, yeah. Past Mammoth? Yeah, way past Mammoth. Way past Mammoth, okay. Sacramento area. Yeah. It's like maybe two hours above Sacramento. Okay, so you start getting up like Tahoe, Sierras and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, I haven't spent any time up there. Yeah, it's intense. I won't do it again anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Those people that do, we met a couple or a father and son who did Whitney and it was, they left at one in the morning mm-hmm. and they were trying to get back to their car by one in the afternoon and they were flying. And that's, you know, it's, it's like 8,000 feet to 14.4. So it's like 6,000 feet of elevation gain in like nine miles. And you just straight up and then straight back down. Like, no, no yeah. not for me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Colton, can you think of any other questions that we missed today? Or we should ask Zach while we have him. Well, you know what? Honestly, I think uh, you got most of the questions. But um, what can our listeners do today to be proactive with building a purified home? Like just simple things that uh, they don't have to invest too much money in. Like you mentioned, turning off the Wi-Fi router or maybe opening the windows and letting the natural sunlight in to kill bacteria or the carbon filters. Is there anything else that our listeners can do that won't require them an initial investment? Yeah, no, it's a great question. The one I always give to people is obviously the router. You know, Mm -hmm. just unplug that, unplug everything around your bed if you can, or move it as far away from your bed as you possibly can and Mm -hmm. see how you sleep. Yeah. If you're feeling brave and disclaimer, I'm not responsible for anything that happens here, but uh, (laughs) you can go to your power box and shut down the power to your house. Oh, wow. You know, sometimes in little apartment settings, the electrical panel's right there and you just open it and you go click and you're like, okay, I did it, you know, and let's see how it feels. Careful with the fridge. Yeah. Right. The fridge fridge is actually, yeah. Leave it closed while Mm -hmm. you're things. And then HVAC wise, obviously HVAC heating, ventilation, air conditioning. So that's your air quality stuff. You know, most people don't know that if you put your HVAC system on fan only mode, Mm -hmm. that it circulates air throughout the house. You're not heating, you're not paying to heat or cool it. It's Mm -hmm. just air movement. Mm -hmm. And if you have a really good quality filter in there, you kind of have an air purifier for your whole house. Leave a couple windows cracked open too. That's a, that's a big one. Otherwise the carbon dioxide levels start to go up, starts to feel stuffy. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Water. If you take baths, here's the million dollar workaround for baths, azorbic acid, vitamin C powder form. Oh, wow. In the bathtub, like a thousand milligrams that will neutralize the chlorine and ammonia that's in the water. Really? Yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. It's a good one. And then always use baths, but I know. I I love a bath. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, everybody should soak once in a while. Do an ice bath then. It'll be more manly for you. I do the ice baths. <laughs> you do a water plunge. There you go. Yeah. That's gutsy. Yeah. <laughs> Wim Hof. Wim Hof style. Yes, you know him? exactly. Yeah. I just did a cold plunge. I went to one of the spas here, did a cold plunge because it's one of the, the things for the mold to try oh. to detox is open up the blood vessels and all of that. Reset the central nervous system. Sure. But yeah, man, I got in. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. intense. There's a girl just like hanging out in there for a half an hour. I'm like, okay, you have to work up to it. Yeah. No, it's if you do it long enough, you start the, the cold doesn't penetrate the skin. It's the weirdest feeling. You you sit in there and you're like, okay, it's kind of cold on the surface, but everything underneath it is warm. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's the, mm-hmm. I did that in a couple of those Alpine lakes in the Sierras. You're like, okay, I'm not freezing at you get all. the warm, tingly sensation. Yeah, you start to, it's yeah. kind of warm underneath and you're like, whoa. 
Well, this has been awesome. And I hope that you will come back and we can kind of dive deeper. I mean, to your point, I think we could spend an entire episode on air, an entire episode on water, an entire episode on EMFs and light. You know, I would love to spend more time with you, whatever that looks like. Absolutely. No, I think each one of those podcast building materials could be another one. You know, we can kind of get in a little bit deeper and uh, yeah, go from there. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Zach. Thank you for hosting. Of course, my pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you too.